welcome to the Dr. Christian Hein podcast, where we're living for preventative mental health, love and compassion. Happy New Year! I'm Caroline Heim, and this is a special event episode to help you in formulating your New Year resolutions, if that's something that you like to do. Now, in this episode, Jeremy from New York City is struggling with sticking to his New Year's resolutions. This is on the iHealth Radio channel in the radio program that Christian did just yesterday. So Dr. Heim starts off by talking about setting goals that are aligned with your values, then gives you some really practical steps on how to set up your resolutions so that they do last. And he finishes off with talking about the brain and a very special focus that your brain is wired for that may help you set your resolutions that'll last. Now, I'm not gonna share what that special brain focus is, Let's just listen in. Well, 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 welcome back to Climb to Your Prime with Dr. Haim. Uh, this is our uh, final edition, farewell 2023. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a long run, Doc. How are you doing? We're doing fine down here, Hurricane. It's the sun shining. We're in the midst of a lovely summer. Uh, we've got blue waters behind us here. Uh, we're looking forward to another new year coming here. And... As always, we like to think that we can do it better next year. Now, uh, Doctor, I have a whole series of questions, and then I kind of set them up in in buckets. But I do have one uh, that I'm going to bring up on the screen right now. That is, I guess it's the end of the year and the beginning of a new one. So there is definitely, uh, you know, that resolution thing. So I have a question about that that came through. So let me, it's two-part question here, just because it didn't fit into one. So... uh, Hello, Dr. Haim. It is almost the new year, and this is when people start feeling the need to make resolutions, when, uh, which I think are more illusions, as most, including me, never follow through with them. So yes. uh, what is the need for the social phenomena, and what is the driver behind it? Does it psychologically give us a boost or a hope at a changed us? Jeremy, New York City. Okay, Jeremy, New York City, you've hit the nail on the head. You've answered your own <laughs> question. Yeah, no, every year Hurricane does give us a, a, an idea of hope, an idea of change, an idea of doing it a little bit better. So, yeah, I've got the bridge in the background there. And in a way, we're at a stage of a bridge between 2023 and 2024. And that becomes the bridge between the past and the future. Uh, because our brain is actually future focused. The whole idea of our brain existing is so that it can survive into the future. So we can actually do things better in the future. And the only way that we can do things better in the future is to learn from the past. So the link or the bridge between the past and the future is the present, right where we are, right here, Hurricane. And right in this very moment, you're making decisions, I'm making decisions, Jeremy in New York City is making decisions. And Jeremy's kind of made a decision, okay, um, I've tried this resolution stuff and it doesn't work. Uh, and the thing there is often we have goals that are too high. We have uh, bridges that are too far. Uh, we want things so much and our expectations are so high that we fail. So the question, Jeremy, I actually think is how can we put in resolutions that are not illusions that but we can actually follow through on? And so the first thing that I want to say about this hurricane, and I've talked about this a lot, is don't go for the goals. Know what your values are, because if you can know what you value in life, it makes it much easier to succeed. 
so when we talk about resolutions, we're talking about giving up vices or doing things that we know are good for us. But if we have a value, okay, like let's say we value friendship or we value health or we value mental health, then you can sort of go, okay, how can I actually use that value uh, to put together a goal that's actually going to work this year? And I'd encourage people to go for small victories before they go for the large one, right? So the large victory is sort of saying, yes, I do this no more, be it drinking alcohol or watching too much social media or whatever it happens to be. So go for a goal that goes, I want to do this a little bit less. Um, let's say if it's social media or uh, alcohol binging, do it once a week only rather than every night or three times a week and get used to succeeding. The brain loves to succeed. We all hate failure. But the only real failure, as I keep telling people, is not trying. So in other words, don't give up on the future that you actually value. And through that hurricane, we could actually put together a few resolutions uh, that are not all or nothing, but they're just graded steps to get us closer to a future that we actually want and value. Well, thank you, doctor. So, so well, I, you know, I, I'm listening to you and I kind of was reflecting on, on the question itself. Yeah. But, but I think, I think personally, and there's something that we talk about a lot is that resolution is basically, it's like, it's, it's a goal, as you said, you know, and, uh, yes. and you've, you've expanded on it that the goal itself is one thing, but the value of that goal of what you want to yeah. achieve is what really makes a difference. I think yes. sometimes that's where it gets lost is that we put a goal that is not unachievable, or we know that it just like, we're doing it just because it gives us the whole part uh, yeah. that maybe, but if you set it as realistic and you have a value to it, that means something you want to get healthier, you know, I don't know, whatever, you're going to get married, you want to look good in your, yeah. your your tuxedo or your dress, your gown, whatever the case may be, those are things that you go on vacation, you want to look good for the, the beach, I don't know. But whatever it is, you have to have something that is, the, obviously, the ultimate goal is to be healthy 100%, right? You don't want to have any issues with your physical or mental health, and that's it. So, but I think, I personally believe that I better have a resolution than not have a resolution. At least you have something to look forward to and start the year with. I mean, I, yeah. I look at it that way. Yeah, no, no, and, and I agree with you totally, Hurricane, but I would start off with the question, what do I value? So if you say, I value physical health, all right, but let's say you're wiping yourself out with drugs or alcohol three times a week. Uh, now, I know it sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but to go to two times a week is actually the first step. You take a small step, and then the next step is twice a week because a resolution tends to sound like an all or nothing thing. It's it's one of these, I'll never drink again. I'll never take drugs again. And then you feel bad and then you wonder what you're going to do and you say, stuff it, I can't do it, so I've got to take drugs again. And then you feel like a failure. Whereas if you're wiping yourself out three times a week, I don't know why I have to take drugs as an example all the time, but that's what I've just landed on at the moment. And you're only doing it twice a week rather than three times a week. You actually can get to give yourself a gold star. I did it. I did well this week. And then when you're ready, you'll learn some skills along the way and you go, okay, what can I do to only do it once a week this time? All right. Or eating healthily. What can I do to eat healthily five days a week rather than just three days a week? So you get more of the good stuff and less of the bad stuff. And it's going step by step because all or nothing, which comes from us all being impatient, is setting us up for failure. And we all would like to set ourselves up for success. All right. So 
one of the values is wanting to feel good. Because when we talk about vices like overeating or drinking too much alcohol or taking too much drugs, right? The question is actually, how am I going to feel good without those things? So again, you go to your values. What makes you feel good? And Hurricane, what actually makes us feel good is being around people, having a life that's meaningful, contributing to other people, putting in effort and being rewarded for it. Going for an exam and actually putting in the effort so that you know that you're going to pass. Not I hope I'm going to pass, but you know that you're going to pass. Those sort of things. And it's really amazing how we've got 8 billion diverse people on this planet, but there's only a handful of things that we all really want. And it's because the game of life is kind of designed that way. It's kind to give your brain the best chance to go forward into a future healthily and happily. <laughs> I think I think definitely this is what we want to leave the 2023 years with and, and, and begin our 24. I mean, that's a great advice for anyone watching us right now. And of course, this is going to replay. So it's not good only for this time of the year. I think it's good for life. As long as you apply it any given day, you know, that should give you results. And, uh, you know, I, I just I always enjoy these 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 feeds that you give us here, because I think we all kind of know this stuff, but we just don't put it together. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but Hurricane. I'm part of that too, all right? I forget my values and I get caught up in life just like the rest of us. So um, I encourage people to be armed with their values and armed, A-R-M-E-D, becomes the questions that you can ask yourself so that you get to know your values. So A is for admire. What do I admire in myself and other people? Because that's kind of what you value. R is what do I believe is the right thing to do? And people are influenced by different things about doing the right thing, and it differs from other people. But what's the right thing to do? And then M is for motivation. What really motivates me? How do I know that I'm going to do something? Okay, so we all get motivated by by pleasure. Um, some people get motivated by, by wealth. Other people get motivated by a bit of kudos, a bit of clapping, all of that sort of stuff. And then E for armed is when do I feel full of excellence? and self-esteem. So in other words, when do you feel good about yourself? Can you find a time in your life when, hey, I felt good? And what was the value behind that? And the last one's a hard one, Hurricane. D has to do with, if you had to die soon, what would all of a sudden become very important to you? And uh, the internet is full of lessons from people who are on their deathbed that said, this is what I didn't do. This is what I really value. And we think that we value certain things like money and pleasure. But on your deathbed, what would you really treasure? What would really become important to you? So looking at those five questions will point you towards your values. And then you use those to put in goals and resolutions. Then you're on track. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, you got to get armed. <laughs> as, as, as heavy as it sounds, I mean, you can have heavy ulterior with that one. I mean, but you need yeah. that because, you know, and, and by the way, I, I you know, I, I'm going to touch on the D part because yeah. you're right. Uh, no one regrets, you know, uh, the money and all the stuff because 
they've used it, whatever the case may be, but they do regret yeah. the moments that they didn't cherish with their loved ones or things that they didn't take care of their health and things like that. Or, you know, they, they overdid something that affected them. And, you know, that's really something it. And, and at the end of the day, again, to your point is what is your value? Now, someone can say, well, I just love my money. And you know what? I regret a thing, which, which would be fine, I guess. Uh, but, but you're right. That is maybe a minority versus the, the, the vast majority of people. That's not what the, the studies and, and, you know, the actual facts state today in real life. I mean, you said it, people can Google this up, you know, or look it up yeah. on YouTube everywhere. I mean, I listen, I mean, the best example we can talk about is Steve Jobs. I mean, he, he actually had, you know, and people can look it up. There's a whole letter or, or I can I guess something that he wrote. And I, I, I did read it a couple of times where it, the money and all the stuff didn't matter to him. I mean, he would have given anything, you know, for his health. And, and that's actually going for a lot of people in, 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 in this, this world and before us, actually, because I, I think that's actually a standard, you know, for humanity across, you know, the history and the stuff. Everybody, you know, money is good. And I always say it's good to have as a tool, but it's not everything. And it does not replace, you know, your health, your family, your, your loved ones and everything else. Oh, Hurricane, this has been wisdom for hundreds of years. And I, I'm thinking about a novel by Charles Dickens called A Christmas Carol, when an old Scrooge was shown what his life is really like. Uh, if he continues this way. And he was so horrified that he started giving away his money and started living for what he actually valued. And that was to share a bit of kindness, to get to know his family and to be part of the answer rather than the problem. And if it meant parting with a bit of money, that was fine with him. Well, well, doctor, I mean, think about this. I mean, I, I know this for a fact, you know, uh, you know, you can have the money, right? And, you know, a lot of people, they work, 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 and they say, okay, I'm going to enjoy this money at a later time. But yeah. at a later time, there's no health. You have, you can't, you know, do things. You barely can walk. Maybe, you know, you can't travel. You can't get on the air. There's many things that can happen that you don't know. And yeah. so now you missed all that opportunity. And a lot of things, you know, you need to do early in life, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and as you go, as long as you have your health, I mean, you can do hiking, you can, especially the stuff that's physical, you know, you yeah. might be able to cruise as a, at an older age, but even that can become very difficult, but, but certainly yeah. you can't do like nature and, you know, trekking or whatever. I don't know if you wanted to climb Mount Everest or any of the top mountains in the world in, in the, the, the planet. You can't uh, things like that. I mean, there's many things like you want to have your kids, for example, early and some people don't do it. They just wait for a longer time before they, they get kids. And then because that's a decision they make. But then yeah. at a later time, they have no energy to actually raise their kids, you know, or yeah. even their grandkids. So all these things are real. And we know these examples, but it's sometimes it's just great to hear it over and over to to give us that. Oh, so, I mean, reminding, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's like a tool that everybody can have. You remind everyone around you. They're among yeah. others, and it keeps us in the loop. It's like, you know, out of sight of the mind. If this is in front of you, then it's not out of your mind. That means you can practice it better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the problems is this word happiness that we have because we're all after happiness, but we don't quite know what happiness is. And so we end up equating happiness with pleasure, short-term pleasure, rather than long-term contentment. So I was at a conference in 2007 where the keynote speaker was a neuroscientist that said to us, the brain is not wired to be happy. And that kind of floored all of us because we all thought, of, thought that it would be nice if the brain was wired to be happy. But in 45 minutes, this neuroscientist showed us that the brain is actually wired to learn. 
And it means that if you have this thing called learning, it means that your brain is being satisfied and is content in itself. And it is happy, if you'd like to use that particular word. And since that time, that was 2007, we have also learned that the brain is actually wired for love, for other brains, to be in relationship and in good trusting collegiality with other brains. And this takes me again to my favorite part of the brain, the anterior cingulate gyrus, which is a part of the brain that is devoted to getting on with other people. And it's not just relationships, um, uh, Hurricane, because one of the amazing things about our society is that no matter how you organize society, we all find a way to cooperate so that we all contribute to society, so that miracles like having food on the table or having uh, fashionable clothing or having modes of transport or having energy or any of our uh, economic needs automatically seems to get done. And what happens is brains actually negotiate with each other. Where do I fit in? Where can I contribute? Where can I be appreciated by other brains by doing something that's useful? And Hurricane, by working with people that have had a lot of mental health issues, I've got to tell you that one of the most underestimated feelings that we have in life is this feeling of usefulness. There's a lot of people that I work with if they had that feeling of usefulness, and I know I've spoken about this before, if they had that feeling of usefulness, they would then be content. They would feel that they're part of the human race, which is why I, I leave people with a little bit of a, um, a an equation that says that happiness is not short-term pleasure, but happiness is long-term contentment, which comes from interacting with everybody else and feeling useful in this amazing society that we have. Well, I, I have to say, I mean, the, the, the part about feeling useful, I think everybody is always looking for people's attention in a way or the other. I'm sorry, but that's a fact. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. You, you know, you walk in a room, you, you, you still like, you know, you try to make a, an entrance somehow, you know, and some people say like, you know, they, they want to do it. You'll do it. Even subconsciously it happens. I, you know, it's, it's all natural folks. I mean, you know, as, as humble as we can be, you can still look out for that being useful, even helping people. Sometimes you yep. want to do something just to, to, to show that you exist and yep. uh, you know, that you're part of, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I can, I can go back to an event that, I mean, a tragedy uh, that happened in, in uh, as a, the hurricane Sandy that, that, that happened in uh, New York and Jersey a few years back there, I think it's yeah. 2012. And uh, I, we, I was working in a company and uh, we had, we were first responders, uh, with nurses and, you know, NPs to go to some homes and areas that was, you know, completely destroyed. And, yeah. uh, you know, everybody was scrambling. Everybody wanted to be useful. Everybody wanted to yeah. participate. People came from every state and even from other countries. And we've seen that in all yeah. tragedies across the, the globe when earthquakes and stuff, people go from, I mean, right now people are going, you know, to, to the Middle East, people are in the Ukraine area. So, I mean, there's many things that are happening around the world and people cannot just converge to those areas to help yeah. because they want to participate and do something yes. be i mean we say this be useful right i mean you can't yes. just be you know just lingering in this world with no uh you know with no presence and no signature if you want to call it and everybody has one and so it is a fact but i, I love what you said that we just need to to feel that we want to make sure that it's happening 
Uh, yes, and uh, the experience that you had is similar to an experience that I had because I was in an area that went through a flood crisis and some of the people that felt most useful were actually teenagers because teenagers would get together in bands of five and eight, march into people's houses and just start cleaning it up. And all of a sudden, these people felt useful. And uh, now, I've got to let people know that you don't have to wait for a disaster to come up before <laughs> feeling useful, all right? It really just takes finding one person that you can make a difference in their life. It could be an elderly person who lives down the road from your place that just needs a meal, that just needs a yard cleaned up, that just needs a bit of a helping hand. And the feeling that you get from being useful to that person will give your life a sense of meaning that for some people, Hurricane, they haven't had before. So, and when we do this for each other, because some of us have to let other people help us <clears throat> to share that feeling of usefulness, then we start to understand how our brains actually work, how our brains in the anterior cingulate gyrus works with give and take. If I can help you and let you help me, that means that we're connected and that we are finding ways to touch our shared humanity so that your brain and I, my brain can work together to get into a future like 2024, just a bit better than the past like 2023. Well, well, with those words, I mean, I do hope that 24 brings in a much better outcome and uh, a lot more peace and uh, love yes. and usefulness, no tragedies, no wars, hopefully everything ends and yeah. life becomes a lot better. I mean, we, I think we're due for a year where there is no, no crisis and of any sort, you know, I mean, we've been yeah. from the pandemic to the economy to wars and it's just been ongoing and, you know, it's like, where does it end? So we hope that people somehow feel and see the value of that and maybe we all can contribute to a better positive year. Now, again, that's me being hopeful and, uh, you know, I leave it at that, <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes you have to be realistic, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to just hope for better, right? You know, and... Uh, well, okay, and, and being hopeful is actually being realistic because it's just real that there's always something that you can do. It's just that when we hear about wars in the world, pandemics, and things going on that are beyond our control, we start feeling that we're helpless, that we can't do anything about it, which is why I'm here to encourage people to see what they can do in their street, in their family, in their relationship, uh, in their friendship group to say, hey, is there something that you need that I can fulfill? Uh, and if you start small, if you imagine millions of people making a difference in each other's lives, then that actually has an effect on the way the whole world actually functions. Because at the moment, social media uh, can get us down, Hurricane, because we hear about all the bad stuff because the marketing psychologists know that we're drawn through our curiosity to problems in this world. But if we can concentrate with each other to find, you know what, you've got something good about you, I've got something good about me, let's get it together and do something good in the world, However small, it will make a difference to the whole of this world. So there you have it. Usefulness. What ways can you be useful? Who can you help? Is there someone who is trying to help you and you're not letting them? And then, of course, it's all about aligning your values and your goals. Happy New Year to you from Dr. Christian Heim and I.
We hope that it is filled with usefulness. Catch you next time.